One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. People could make a bad mistake walking down the street and think that they could have you, couldn't they? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They could. You can't judge a book by You can't, can you? That's half lucky in Liverpool, really, because everyone sees me head now and just knows who I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that Every- hair, yeah, it's Gary. The hair. <laughs> it's the hair, everyone knows who will I am. That, so. Will you change that hair? No. It's a trademark. Is that the now. trademark now? Trademark. Stuck. I'm not Beckham, lad. I can't change my hair every weekend in life. <laughs> still. When that cage door closes, it's you and him. I will try and kill you in there if it comes down to it. I'll die before I get beat. Every single fight I have, I leave a part of my soul in there. I know I'll be the biggest star in the UFC. To be fair, your last knockout was something absolutely ridiculous. I was like, what the f*** is that? It's not right, that. I got partnered with this girl, Millie, and she just goes, boom! All three coaches behind the desk went, ooh! <laughs> <laughs> Lad, I used to hate you. Lad, when you played for United, I used to hate you. Look at the eyes I've got, haven't they? Hate you. The eyes. <laughs> <laughs> On this episode of The Overlap, I travelled to Liverpool to meet two rising stars in the MMA world. Paddy the Baddy Pimblet and Meatball Molly McCann are two hometown heroes tipped to become the next generation of UFC champions. We talk about their journeys into MMA, UFC politics, and they show me what it's like to step foot inside the cage. Paddy, Molly, welcome to The Overlap. And also to my favourite city of Liverpool. Yeah, you know that. (laughs) (laughs) Right, let's go back to the very beginning. Just talk to us a little bit about your childhood and what it was like for you first, Paddy. To be honest, I had a sound childhood, lad. Uh, By ours, lad, it's all these in the gym call me the Fresh Prince of Item. Take the piss out of me, lad, and say I'm privileged. But by ours, it's just a little nice area, lad, so... Heighton's a nice area. (laughs) No, Heighton isn't, but by Greystone is, by me mars. But why would they call you the Fresh Prince? He looked at me house. I lived on the corner house, and like ah, okay. we had an extension and that. Know what I mean? <laughs> an extension. Yeah. That's it. I had an extension and that. Know what I mean? So it was like fresh Prince of Iton. And you, Molly? I mean, I had a real tough upbringing. It's been quite well documented that both my parents struggled with addiction. I was here, there, and everywhere. Didn't have like a stable upbringing at all. But my mum absolutely changed it round. She's 24 years clean and sober. She's flying. She's like. Uh, a director of a, an addiction charity, so right. she's changed so many lives through her experience. And she was the kind of person who just said, "Me and you are cut from a different cloth. Like there's nothing that we've come against that we can't overcome." And it just it shows in me fighting like in spades. I can just use and draw from all my pain and hate, and I've had to fight since I was this big to to now. Everyone remembers like certain points of the childhood when they were young. Is there a point where you remember? I'm not happy, I'm upset. It could be dead sad, but I just remember walking into, like, being upstairs in a house and there's just parties going on non-stop and coming downstairs and just seeing bits on the side and bottles on the side. And I just remember thinking, it hurt me soul. I remember thinking, this is so bad. I'm never going to be like this. I'm made for more. Everything I've been through, I will always try and make sure that other people don't have to. So, like I was saying to you, where I am a part of weapons down, gloves up, and where I am trying to get the kids off the street and into sport and then into full-time employment. That's my job. I know how much it scarred me. Yeah. I know how much it's absolutely killed me off. And 
I don't think I mask it by being a larger than life kind of character, but I just think I've grown through what I've gone through. Yeah. And I just know people could never walk one step in mine or in his shoes because of what we've been through. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's being really modest, saying that he's not he's not had it hard, but he, he's definitely has had it hard. In right? a different way, yeah, yeah, yeah. but not in the way you have, you know what I mean? Like, my dad wasn't always there, my dad was in and out of jail. So I was like, sometimes I was raised by that. Right, that's tough, that, that isn't it? It was hard, you know what I mean? It was not having a father figure all the time, but as I say, my dad sacrificed a lot to make sure that we could get by. I saw your interview where you said that you want to be in a position whereby no kids have to go to a food bank in yeah. Liverpool. Is that what drives you? Yeah. Like, well, the thing is with us, like, this city supports us so much. Look at our goosebumps. Like, it, just when this you city just supports us more than anything, so we, we want to give back. I'm in this position where I can help people, so why shouldn't I help people? It's nice to be nice. Just going back to sort of the food banks, when I went to Bootle to interview Jamie Carrigan, he had the JC Foundation and he donated to the youth centre across the road. It's a massive problem that that's growing in 2022, isn't it? Yeah. And you think about it, and cities like Liverpool feel it as much as most, don't they? Yeah, what people don't understand is how many people in this city eat from food banks. The city's doing so much in, in a sense of trying to give all that we can give. And, I've been around loads of like community centres yeah. and wellness centres recently and it just blew my mind that kids are going there after school for the scrum because the they they've got nothing to go to back home and it just, it, it just, it's horrible. And actually, the gym, the boxing, the MMA, it's a way out from actually, it's actually an escape, yeah, it is. isn't it? It's a very good escape. Like, I'm actually in the process at the minute of setting up my own charity with the little baddies. Yeah. I'm to get that sorted and I'm hopefully going to be Giving him Tatton, I'm hopefully going to be able to give back. <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. <laughs> I'm trying to publicise your city. That's a belter, I'll take that. What are you doing down here? <laughs> yeah, so I'm, like, we're trying to give back as much as we can, just like everyone else is. But as we said, it's not even just a, a Liverpool problem. It's now a problem in the UK. Like We're a first world country. We shouldn't have these sorts of problems. That's off to Marcus Rashford for actually getting out there and doing mm. something about it. Are you into politics? I am. I am I a am. little bit, but I'll be honest, I haven't got a clue about it. I haven't, I'm not going to lie. He's educated in some ways, yeah, and I, then he's I, not I in other ways. I just, I hate the Tories. You don't I need don't, to know any more, do you? No, that's it. I don't need to know much more. I just know I hate Boris Johnson and all them, lads. That pretty Patel and that, they can only cheat. I think it all comes down to what we always say, me and him, it's like we're anti-establishment and anti-monarchy just yeah. because of what they've done to the working class people. We just can't get behind that and support that. Just crazy liars as well. Do you remember, it's like six months ago, Boris Johnson said that we'll have a high-wage economy. A month later, he put the, the politicians' wages up. And now he said, no, the high-wage economy's not happening. You're just going to have to get by. What are you on about, lad? You're just going to have to get by. Did you see when Boris Johnson came to Liverpool, he literally was rigged up in, like, the Matrix hat, yeah, like, the stab vest and, and all that, because he knew. And then when he went to Ukraine, he was just walking around like this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he needs, he needs to be walking down these roads and seeing the kids that are here and just proper feeling it. He'll never understand anyway. He called us a city of victims. And yeah. we'll never forgive him for it. It does my head in when people say you look like Boris Johnson. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I hate him, lad. I have proper hate him, lad. Just like Owen Wilson and that doesn't bother me. He, man, stay off the in-between us. You know what I mean? Where's the grummage? Doesn't bother me, lad. But when you call me Boris Johnson, it does my head in. <laughs> I will never forget just hearing Laura scream. <laughs> pissed. Just doing my head in. When I was sat next to Dana watching him, he goes, kid, you've got 50 Gs for that. Elbow. <laughs> so I'm just walking around like I've completed life.
In terms of your families now, did they come to all your fights? Well, right, well. mine can't get into America. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if my dad can, to be honest. But um, my mum's only ever been to one fight and I lost. So she'll never come back. Oh. Mean, it must be tough, though, to see, you know, your son, your daughter in a ring, you know, with your eye like it might be, or you're getting, you know, put yeah, to sleep. Yeah, getting needs in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a good one for you. My dad's never watched one of my fights. My dad has never watched. What, he sits in the dressing room or something? Yeah, or? Just, like, he just outside, walks out. Outside, he's sitting or something. Like... No, he doesn't even go outside, he just stands in the toilet like that. <laughs> <laughs> or just walks up and down the foyer with a pint like that. You know what I mean? Lad, his, his head is just gone. I'm yeah. the first time ever on the last show, because it was in the O2, and he said it was a bit all squashed in, I couldn't really get out. He went, it was a surreal feeling, yeah. actually watching your fight. He said, every other time you've done it, I've been like... Did he feel better watching, or...? He said he felt better watching it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then, then he's less nervous Sh actually watching it. Should have tried it earlier, shouldn't he? I know. He's mad, lad. <laughs> Proper mad. I can hear me mum when I fight. Yeah, I can hear me. What on the side? Yeah, shouting. So she yeah. normally sits there like the head of the, the mafia. She's like that. <laughs> and then all my uncles and cousins are behind her like this. I think like, that's annoying though when you can hear people shouting personally like that fight I went into with a broken hand that I shouldn't have fought. Yeah. I will never forget just hearing Laura scream. <laughs> just doing me head in. Pissed in yourself. Wind in. Like that, so so she just drinks like two bottles of wine before I even start fighting. She <laughs> couldn't even remember this last fight. No. She'd watch mine and then be like, oh, f and then he was on, and she's like, I can't I even know. remember. She didn't even know I won. And in terms of sort of you growing up, when did you first get into the into the fight game and into I the... remember watching Amir Khan at the Sydney Games. Right. And I thought, oh, I won't have a go at that boxing, but girls weren't allowed. Yeah. I'm from a place called Norris Green. And there, there was a boxing gym called St. Teresa's ABC. So I've, I've walked around with my cousin, knocked on the door. Hiya, mate. Little Mo. Hiya. Uh, can I come in? No, love, sorry, no girls allowed. I was like, lad, come on. And my cousin James has gone in. And I just remember looking through, like, it was like windows like that. Yeah. And I was just watching what they was doing. I was just copying them outside. And I'm not lying to you. I kept going every day for a couple of weeks in that summer holidays. And then one day he went, you got a gummy, love, you can come in. I was like that. I had bandages in this pocket, gum shield in that pocket. He went, come on then, come in. So he put me in the ring and he's gone, right, have a move around with this little lad. And it's just in me to fight. That's just all I know how to do. And I've just gone in, swinging for him. And I remember <laughs> his name was Danny. And he picked up a trophy off the side. He gave me and he said, go and give this to your nan. Tell your nan we'll never let girls in this gym, but you're allowed in. Uh, and then I'm like this, yeah, <laughs> walking through nugs like the big I am. Oh, and that and was it? That was it, but then I stopped boxing because I went back to my mum's and um, I wasn't allowed in gyms around there. So then I, I was playing football and then I got signed for Liverpool and whilst I was yeah. playing, I was five foot two, <laughs> 40 kilo, pissed wet through, do you know what I mean? So people are going like that and I'm like, Shh. So, um, I went to uni and I stopped boxing, stopped playing football, got into the drink and the going out and all this, and then I was on a night out, seeing Ronda Rousey fight on the telly and the doorman who used to train at this gym, went, come in, come and train, and then I was like, that's me, I'm in. And you're in? I was in. I literally didn't go back to uni. Emailed our coach Paul at five in the morning, Blads, was like, I'm gonna be like that Ronda. Came in the next day, told uni, that's it, I'm done. I still finished university online, I didn't go back in, but I just knew. Yeah. This was when Paddy had braces and a skinhead, and he was like that. What's happening, man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did it start for you? I watched the fight, literally. Yeah. Was it? And it was Clay Guida versus Diego Sanchez. There's a fight, you'll have to watch it. 
right. for 15 minutes they just punch each other in the face right and it is one of the best things you will ever watch right watch a bit more of it and we're just like yeah i'm going to the gym to do that i can remember the day i come in the gym 20th of january 2010 when I first started saying it. People could make a, a bad mistake walking down the street and think that they could have you, couldn't they? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They could, you can't judge a book by You can't, can you? That's why I'm, like, it's, it's half lucky in Liverpool, really, because everyone sees me head now and just knows who I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that Every, hair, yeah, it's Gary. The hair. <laughs> it's the hair, everyone knows who well, I look, am, so... Will you change that hair? No. It's a trademark now. Is that the now. trademark now? Trademark Stuck. Man. I'm not Beckham, lad. I can't change my hair every weekend and I still... <laughs> everyone's still talking about it, lad. I mean, this is my do, lad. And when you first started, was it obvious straight away to your coaches that, or to yourself that you were better or um, going to well, be pretty I, good? I, the first class I ever come into, I'd done a class and two of the lads who were professionals at the time um, with teaching Sweeney and Fishy. And I just jumped in the class and then forget it, because at the end of the session, you roll, so you'd have a little grapple. And I'd never done it before. Yeah. I ended up getting some kid in the guillotine and like nearly finished. And I can remember Sweeney like going. <laughs> know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it must be you're not too bad. And the first ever striking class I'd done, I got partnered with this girl, Millie. And lad, she proper put it on me. <laughs> but like I was about 50 kilo, soaking wet. Yeah, yeah. And she just put it on me, lad. Proper. And there was three coaches behind the desk at one point. And I'm like that against the pillar as she's standing at me. And I just went like that. And she just goes, boom! <laughs> and lad, all three coaches behind the desk went, ooh! <laughs> you know what I mean? Shit! Yeah. <laughs> like, the first ever tournament I went to, I won. Then I said to Paul I wanted to fight. I took a fight on a week's notice against someone who was 24, and I was 16. Dominated them, won the fight. And it was literally the feeling when my hand got raised. Yeah. I was like, was that the confidence you needed? This, is that this the... is, no, this is what I'm meant to do, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? When yeah. my hands got raised, even walking out, I felt boss. Yeah. But then when my hand got raised and I'd won, and yeah. I, especially because I was 16, beating a fella 24, who'd already beat someone from the gym. And it was my debut. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm meant to do this. And in terms of yourself, when did it become apparent that you were sort of like, I'm all right at this? I don't know, because, you know, when I was coming to do the training sessions with these, in MMA, you can't be side on and a, and a pure amateur style of boxing. You, so yeah. You'd be yeah. like that, and they was just kicking me and just shooting and taking me down. Why would they take you down? Because you... they didn't want these hands, lads, that's yeah. why. <laughs> so then I'd get back up, I'd go again, they'd see me load yeah. up, take me down, and I was like, what? I was like, I can't not be good at something, because I was a national champion at boxing. If I'd proper give it, I reckon I could have gone to the Olympics, but my weight didn't get added. Right. So I thought, well, I'm not, I can't go down that route to so let me find something else. And, I'm just game. Yeah. And I, f I think anything I put my hand to, I can have a go at. Yeah. But I think the first day when I walked in, Paul Rimmer said, Mate, what's your plan? I said, I, I think I want to be a world champion. I want to win a world title. I want to be in the UFC. He's like, All right, let's do it. And, th and the second he said that, I thought, do you know what I mean? In terms of the side on stands, what, what, what's that? What is the stance? What, where, where oh, so look, she stands side on to yeah. me there now. Yeah. Look, there's no way she can stop me from kicking her. Yeah. Look, but if she stands another way and I go to kick, yeah. or she can just lift it up and then that hurts me. You know what I mean? You if can't she stands, rest. And if I can't she stands side on as well, like that, I can easily shoot in. She can't really step back. It's a lot, I mean, you know when I, mean? I watch it, it looks a lot harder than boxing. More technical than any other sport in the so world. I'll bet you, you'll answer me this because you've read books. How many hours does it take to be an elite athlete at one discipline? Is it 10,000 10, hours? Or? Now we do six. Yeah. Six Olympic disciplines. Now you've got to roll that into one. Yeah. It's not just getting there going, even though it might look that because that's how I fight. Come on and swing yeah. So as, as well as just doing these disciplines, you've then got to do Dieting strength, conditioning, sprints, 
long distance running, dieting, all the rest of the stuff yeah. that comes with it like this. And you just you can't just be some little steadhead juice bomb who's like, yeah, and do all this. <laughs> you can't, you've got to, like, it's a profession. Yeah. I was literally, when you was talking, Pad, I was literally looking at you thinking, 11 years ago we walked in the gym and we had our first conversation and we're literally trying to change the game. And Gary Neville's walking down Kempston Street with overlap. <laughs> I just I got, I can't get over this myself. Like. Should we go inside and have a little chat in the... In the octagon. Come esque. In the octagon. <laughs> this is the smallest she, octagon she, ever, though. This she called, cage is tiny. She called me a posh bastard before when I said octagon. She said it's a cage. Yeah, it's a cage. <laughs> yeah, it's a cage, isn't it? The, the octagon's the, like the, the real UFC. one, the UFC one. They've trademarked that. Yeah, they've trademarked that. And else was just a cage. I just go get upstairs, lad. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's go. Right, let's get in here and have a little look around, see what's going on. Put you back on the on the cage, Gary. Me? No, what I have just noticed though. Well, he's got Gary's white, got socks, white on. socks on. You can tell he's from Manchester, but like, <laughs> not from Liverpool. That's what? like we say, wolves wear white is socks. That, is that what it's made of? Right, imagine this. That's not, it's not made of against. that. Imagine you nice. Imagine your face is getting hit off that, and you've got to get up, <laughs> and you're like, oh. If someone's been pushing you against there for like three rounds, like that. Yeah. Like, when you come out of the cage, you'll have a big scratch. cage mark on your back. So you got put to sleep once, didn't you? I don't yeah, know, I got I don't... put to sleep in London when I was 18 years of age. I can show you exactly how it was. It was an anaconda. Hey, I hit him there. We went here. He reversed me here. I ended up jumping for me flying triangle. I ended up on the floor here like this. And as I tried to sweep him over, I wrestled up into a single leg and he anaconda me. Uh, Just like that, weren't it? Yeah. And he got you? There's a video on Twitter there, everyone who hates me always posts it every day. But why why did I just flop like that and I'm unconscious? <laughs> and did you tap? No. No, went asleep. Same with her, when she got choked. I'll show you what happened to me as well. So my coach is there all shouting, Don't stand up! Don't stand up! What do I do? Stand up. Oh, and, and she then, just put it on like that. And then like, li li Molly literally just went like And then my yeah. legs was going like Yeah. <laughs> When you say, so go to sleep, what do you mean? Like, you're out, out to sleep. Yeah, that's what... So, someone's, like, knocked you out. It's exactly the same, but you, you don't have, like, the head thrown. Do you feel it coming? Everything goes fuzzy yeah, and, like... everything goes, like, tingly. You know what I mean? It's not... Do you know, like, we're saying, it's not, it's not nice, it's, like, yeah, the way... Not... You're, like, you can't breathe. Can you... Can you... You can't die no. from it, man. If someone kept old for like five minutes, right, then you'd okay. die. You know what I mean? That's why I, it always makes me laugh on right. films. Okay. When someone sneaks behind someone and gets them in a choke and it's like, oh, Steven Seagal, oh, he's dead. <laughs> I mean, no, you'd have to hold them there for like three minutes to kill him. Just show us what your sort of, what would be standard move is that you would say is your go-to. I'll, I'll overhook here, I'll control this wrist, and yeah. then I'll, I'll jump like that. That's like my go-to. And that's I do that a lot. What, with his... Yeah, up in the air, and then people try and slam you, but they put themselves in the choke more. Because you won't let go? Yeah. Because you're in? Yeah, I've, I've done three of them in my career. Do you think there's a point now where people will be expecting that? And then oh, you have yeah, to that's what I mean. Then my last opponent was. Yeah. My last opponent was expecting it. So when we were here, he grabbed hold of my hand. Right. So I can't do that. Yeah. So that was why I let him keep old stuff there. Stepped across and just threw him. Right. You know what I mean? So there's other things that you can, you can do, do for positions, yeah. For overcompensating. If people think that, oh, he's going to do this here, I've already got a move, what's going to yeah. do it something different? But every single one of our fights is on catalogue for people to... Yeah. Like, our opponents, they don't have that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, you can know I'm going to hit you with this left hook, so they might 
block, 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 but I'll faint and they'll stop thinking about it and then I'll come back. So it's like him, you've got like different patterns to still get you to where you need to be. I was watching your last fight this morning actually. You're a bit like a Tyson, aren't you? Oh yeah, she is. Because of her reach. Her reach is so small. She can't like I can stay on the outside. He can keep me off with I his knees. I can keep her on the outside kick, yeah. just doing that. And she I, can't. I've got to, like, She's got to get in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. start swinging hooks and uppercuts. And to be fair, your last knockout was something absolutely ridiculous. One. I, I couldn't believe it. it. Was like I was like, what the f is that? I'm myself. What the f is that? When we were saying before. <laughs> it's not right that. No, it's like every single one of us. I've been waiting for that moment. I hadn't had a finish in the UFC just because refs weren't giving it to me when yeah. they should have stopped the fights and all this, but there was no denying that moment. I got signed to the UFC off eight fights. Yeah. So that's like playing, literally playing four seasons of football then getting signed to the Prem. Yeah. It's just like the learning on the job that yeah. you have to do is next level. I, we couldn't have walked out to 20,000 people and not put a performance on it. Yeah. And what no. we said is, think how much the working class person has to pay for the ticket. The travel, the yeah. ale, the yeah. clothes, the hotel. Our performance, has to, yeah, our, yeah. our performance has to be like that. Not one person left that arena disappointed. Oh, the atmosphere was like, sounds yeah, unbelievable. That was unbelievable. the best sporting event they'd ever done at the O2. Yeah. So that's beat any anti-Joshua card. The revenue was 1.3 million at the gate. Right. That wasn't even sponsorships, that wasn't merchandise. Like Not just because of us, because of every other Brit that yeah, managed yeah. to be on the card. Obviously after I fight, my dad gets off. That doesn't watch any other fight. He watches her and me. That's yeah. it. He went back to a boozer because he found the boozer around the corner where the pints were only four fifty a pint. In and London, was it in London? Oh yeah. That's all right. That's what he said. He, he was like, "Send me the rest." Yeah. <laughs> Rabbi Joe too. He said, and he said, "What is one?" He said it was surreal for him because he was just sitting in this pub, was he just listening to pints, people, and he said, "When they're at the whole arena, oh, out, he, just, he just could hear people going, oh, party the party.'" <laughs> that was like it was surreal. Him and my uncle both said to me, "That was when like I, I realised how." Yeah. Big this is, you yeah. know what I mean? It has gone big though, hasn't it? In yeah, it's gone massive. Like, I feel like since he came, it's just gone. Yeah. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Just show us that move, that, that little cheeky move. No, the thing is, lad, people are like, oh, did she mean it? Lad, we practice that he, move. Both he, us, he's we both done it do the it. whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. We both do it. Like, I do it different. I do it where I throw a kick to set it up, and then when they move back off the kick, I'll turn oh. into it. Where she does it, I from can't. where she's in the clinch, yeah. And then I've got and to then pull it down. You know what I mean? She pulls that down, spins into it. But As like, I said before, we have different styles, where I'm tall and yeah. long. I stay long and she's the opposite. Yeah. So uh, we use the same techniques, but we have to set them up differently. Yeah. People probably just think me and him don't have a clue. Yeah, and we're just going in there and swinging at people. But, but we're not. But who would think that? Anyone who hates Scouse's lot. <laughs> Dave from yeah. Stoke yeah. on his laptop on the computer. Dave from Stoke? Yeah, Dave from Stoke. Yeah, I'm just going to have to tell Gary what I said to Rudy as well, all right? Because yeah. you were the same. Lad, I used to hate you. <laughs> Lad, when you played for United, 
I used to hate you. Look though. at the eyes I've got, aren't yeah. they? Hate the <laughs> He's gone <laughs> to the bad. I'm watched, out of range, I grew, I grew up watching <laughs> you win absolutely everything, lads. Everything. And it, I used to just hate United in general. Until about a year ago, I used to say, no, Rooney wasn't even good. Rooney was overrated. No, because I hated him yeah. that much. He came to fight, didn't he? Yeah, he came, came to, to fight. That's, I had to say <laughs> to him, that's what I mean in the change. I went, lad, to be honest, Wayne, I used to hate you, lad. You know what I mean? So I said to him. When I, I won, I, I had to go and do the media, and then I was like, Dana, can I come and watch? Now, a fight is never allowed back onto the floor. No, right, Never, eh? never. And he went, you can have my seat. So I'm sat on Dana's knee having a f***ing whiskey. Paddy's coming out, dancing to win his your header. And then when he won, I literally just seen Wayne, and I just don't yeah, bother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're like, that, yeah! But he was carrying Molly's bag to the Aston party. <laughs> and I had a boombox on my back. She had the, like speak she had the speaker on her shot. Dad, by the way, this speaker's about this big. Molly's just bouncing around the other two. And I'm like, because <laughs> I knew I got he got signed to Barstool for a seven-figure deal, right? And the man who owns Barstool in America, Dave Portnoy, he's basically tweeted, welcome to Barstool. So when I was sat next to Dana watching him, he goes, kid, You've got 50 Gs for that f***ing elbow and you went and you're signed to bar still. So I'm thinking, I'm going to be able to buy a f***ing house, what the <laughs> So I'm just walking around like I've completed life. The five top most purchased and watched cards are all McGregor, yeah. McGregor's card. And the only person that's going to beat that's your boy. Right, I'm actually both the same question. All right, cock. All right, cock. All right, cock. Hi everyone, I hope you're enjoying this episode. This is just a quick thank you to Skybet, our partners, for making this show happen. It's something I've wanted to do for a long, long time. Please subscribe, there's loads more episodes coming up and I hope you're enjoying it. Right, let's get back into this episode. Let's sit down and talk about Dana White. He has a reputation. Some people say he doesn't look after fighters. I can argue that fact, and that's the fact of no other promotion would fly you around the world, put you in the five-star hotels. When you arrive, you send them, you, you wait, and they'll come up with a, a refeed programme. They'll give you food all of the week. They're with you non-stop. Then you've got the Performance Institute, which is like the EIS, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. England's yeah. English Institute of Sport. We've got one in Las Vegas where you're allowed to go and use for free, so you've constantly got free physio, strength and conditioning programs. You so get all, you get all. So all your that. expenses and your training is paid for, and yeah. If you go over there, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean, if you go over there, like I, I can understand where some people are from. Some people don't get paid that much, lad, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, my first two fights, I didn't. What's the standard fee in the early everyone, days? So, by everyone's, the way, everyone starts yes. the same. Everyone's the same. Man and what is that? 10 and 10. 10,000? 10,000 to show, 10,000 if you win. So you get right. 20. 20,000. And then it'll go and up to 12. And then it'll go up to 12, 12 and 12. So that was my first two fights. That's, and that's 10 10 the first 10, two for everyone? 12 and 12, yeah. People moan about the wages and that. But they're either a boring fighter, they've got no personality. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's always stuff like that. You know what I mean? They never like go, oh yeah, it's my own fault because I, I don't sell to I, Yeah. Or I'm I'm a boring bastard. You know what I mean? Some people can't talk on a mic, but the boss in the cage. And it it's, shows. In, it's interesting that because you do it does tend to be the ones who've obviously got the skill but yeah. also the you've personality. Got to, you've got, I always say you've got to have the whole package. Can you negotiate that now in the positions that you two yeah. are in? Yeah. And you can sort of say, I, look, I I'm more. I mean, it means yeah, more. I think I am getting a new contract for this fight. Right. You know what I mean? I am getting a new contract and 
I'll be getting paid a lot more of what I'm worth. Because you'll bring more pay-per-view, more Yeah, because I'm bringing reviews. everything else in. I put yeah. bums on seats. As you yeah. said, I don't look like a fighter. Yeah. I look like I should be trying to do a remake of Oasis. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? I look like I should be in a boy band or like Jay off the in-between us, as everyone says. I don't look like... As you said, a random kid could yeah. walk down the seat past me and think, who's that muppet? I'll punch his head in. Like, serious. That's why people look at me and I think I'm a polarising figure, like, you'd either love me or hate me. But then the people in the middle, it's like, oh, they see myself in me. Yeah. Because I'm just a normal lad. I get fat when I'm not fighting. I go out and have a laugh with my mates. And I don't take everything too seriously, yeah. yeah. Go to the game. I don't take anything too seriously. And, and what about for you, Molly? It's mad. People, like, wouldn't have believed it, but I got paid nearly four times what he did for my last fight to his because I'm on, on a, contract. Yeah, she's on it. That was your eighth fight, wasn't it? My eighth that fight. That was your eighth fight. That was so you've got more the last time you both fought together? Yeah. yeah. The one thing that I always say to people is, like, years ago, I was getting more than anyone else fighting for Cage Warriors. I got that much money for Cage Warriors. I paid my mum's mortgage off. Right. That's how good they were paying me. Yeah. Like when I signed for the UFC, I took a pay cut. Right. I took a pay cut to sign for the UFC. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's going to work out. But it, I knew it was going to because I know what I'm like. Yeah. I'm just me. I've said for years, you can go back and find podcasts from five years ago longer of me saying, I know I'm going to be in the UFC. Because people used to say to me years ago, oh, you should have went to the UFC when they offered, shouldn't you? And I'm like, now why should I? I know they're going to come back in. Yeah. I know I am going to be in the UFC and I'll be the biggest star in the UFC. Yeah. So, I knew for a fact when I signed that contract for 10 and 10, obviously when the contract got in front of me, I was like, 10 and 10, yeah. I was getting more the other week. But, I was, like we thought about it, I was like, no, because all the other things around MMA, I'll yeah. get more. Because in, in the UK, MMA still, it's getting bigger, but it's not that big, is it? When me and A go to America, you realise the difference. If a fighter pulls out of a fight, like, breaking news, yeah. say like if Beckham would have broke his leg 10 years ago, yeah. David Beckham breaks his leg, it comes up, breaking news. Amanda Nunes is out of a fight. That doesn't happen in the UK. No. No, MMA isn't mainstream. Over there it is. But I was in New York for the Katie Taylor fight and I was going to train just on my own with my headphones in on the subway and people are just going, hey, meatball. And I'm like, you're all right, lad. <laughs> and then I was in like the pub, obviously, at the night time with everyone and people are just flying over to me. And I was like, what the but yeah. when we went to San Diego, we got to throw the first pitch at the Padres game. Yeah, the baseball game. And it's just like, yeah. We're just sitting Someone there. Someone said pe- that to me a few days later. You're like, dude, 95% of American males would love to do what you've done the other day. You know what I mean? Like, and me that, and that's their just team. like, what? And yeah. then going to like casinos and doing meet and greets. Like, people have drove all the way from Cali. Someone came from like Alaska down to see us. And you're just like, what? We're only these yeah. two kids from down the road. But it doesn't get to our heads. And you've not had enough money yet to be able to buy your own house or no, your house. No, no, yeah. Um, it's just. But he's not done it yet. No, just because. Yeah, I, I, I bought he's my got own his house. own house. At the end of 2020, I got my own house with my fiance. Yeah. But I'm looking moving, to be honest now. Yeah. yeah. Looking moving. I had a few people knock on the house and ask me for a picture, and that. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit weird. You're losing your roots. Yeah, it's a bit weird, lad. <laughs> I, I still have an L postcode. It's that matters. Will you always live in Liverpool? I reckon so. I don't reckon I'd ever move away from here. I said to them, though, we both need to like buy a joint house in San Diego because. Oh, yeah, we're going to do that. We'd like to be there yeah. and back there and yeah. back. Going back to Dana White, he obviously just. He owns the whole thing, isn't he? He's the CEO, and now there's a massive company in IMG who owns... Oh, so they bought it, they yeah, bought yeah, it. Yeah, he sold all the He's like the on. president, right. isn't he? He gets a lot of stick in that, but without him, MMA wouldn't be what it is. A lot of people say they've monopolised the sport, 
they haven't. It's just the best organisation, yeah. so everyone wants to fight for it. And what yeah. the best thing for me was in when the COVID was happening and no one knew what was what. He put, he'd done a Zoom and we was all allowed to get in it, and he was like, "Listen, I will make sure that you have got money to feed your families. Yeah. I will do these shows, whatever it takes. I will do it. Those who are on meal preps will still send your food out. Like he's got eight hundred and fifty fighters yeah. to feed." Yeah. Like, I reckon it's more than that now. It's over a thousand now. Is it? I, don't, I don't know. That's like when the last I was there last time, he told me there was 150 lightweight signed. 150 yeah, yeah. lightweight. You know what I mean? Because man's like the biggest weight division. And what's the maximum now that's been earned? Obviously, it's McGregor. Goes without saying. McGregor gets five mil, don't he? Flat fee. The five top most purchased and watched cards are all McGregor. Yeah. McGregor's cards. And the only person that's going to beat that's your boy. You're going to go for it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Five million will be chumps change in a few years, lads. <laughs> be wiping my ass with fifty pound notes. Just something. The only people who I've ever seen have fifty pound notes. And Carragher, another scouse lad. That I know you all have fifty pound notes. No one have money, so when you get money, you probably. Yeah, when you get a fifty, yeah. you're like, <laughs> lad, I've got a fifty kid. You don't do credit cards around here, do you? Do cash? No, no, no one's what? got credit. No one. Bank accounts, Gary. Is McGregor going to fight again? What's happened to him? Yeah, I reckon he's going to come he back is. before the end of the year. Elected, I, th- I think he gets a lot of disrespect, lad, and it does my head in. Yeah. Without him, a lot of MMA fighters wouldn't be getting paid what you'd they are. You'd be on free and free instead yeah. of 10 and 10. Instead of 10 and 10, you'd before be on less. Before he globalised the sport. Yeah, but prime example. If it wasn't Conor McGregor, you probably wouldn't be sitting here with us now doing this. Because he's the one that made the sport global. Conor, like, took it to a new level. Yeah. And that's why I think no one like gives him the respect he deserves. And what happens if you're negotiating for a fight and you don't think they're giving you enough money? You just have a choice. You have to just take it. Yeah, that's just business, I, I isn't that, it, yeah, Gary? Like that, that's what I said to people as well. People like after my last fight, they were like, "Oh, you shouldn't be fighting for twelve and 12. And I'm just like, "I know, but I signed the contract." Yeah, but will he rip it up? That's kind of been No, I think it's that kind of I think I'm getting a new contract for this fight. You know right, mean? okay. So is that a one, is a that one fight, fight contract? Deal. No, I'll have a new four fight deal. They're not stupid, they don't really want fight deals. <laughs> it's like giving a player a one year contract. Doesn't happen now. They're locking you in. Yeah, they lock you in, especially people like us. Right, so you generally feel it's fair as, as you see it here now? Look, I'm on the, the good side of the stick at the minute. Yeah. Like, I've I've had eight fights and earned what I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've gone through, you've seen me facing yeah, yeah. fights. Every single fight I have, I leave a part of my soul in there. Like, I've lost a year of my life, do you yeah. know what I mean, taking them shots. And after the last two fights, Dana White's relationship that we have with him, it, you can't just ring him up, but he, when we go to shows, he asks us to come and sit down and speak to him and... There's a video out there where I'm like just bladders and I'm like rubbing his head and all that. Like, yes, no one's yeah, ever yeah. rubbed his head. But I'm like, I love him, he pays the bills. Do you know what I mean? Like, but because people see him as like a godlike thing, he did a bit like intimidated to speak to him. Yeah. But because we're just like, us, he's just one of yeah. us, but he's not. Like, we give him yeah. the utmost respect. But I think he appreciates that, that we don't like put him on a pedestal and yeah, we're just like, normal with him. Yeah, and he just, he loves us. I remember we was at the bar with Dana and I went, he's got this whiskey called Harlehead, and I went to the barman and I was sloshed at this point. I go, lad, give us one of them bottles, and he's like... This is hilarious. And then um, I go, Dana, tell him, lad, and he goes, she can have what the f- she wants. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. What's your path now? You got a fight? Yeah, fight on July 25th. I'm a bit, a bit gutted, to be honest, lad, because I even said in March, when I was doing my last fight, I was like, I'm not fighting until, like, September. I've got a ticket for Glasgow this year, and lad, I've had to swerve Glasgow. 
The only ever time I've actually had a ticket this, Gary. I've right. never had a ticket for Glasgow. And you've got that time. He's always got yeah, spun in. Yeah, got spun in somehow. I've got in five times. I've never bumped in and paid a show if you had something to get in five different times. And the one year I've got a ticket, I can't go. You can't. Why it, what, but why have you got brought forward? Why did you just you you want no, to? No, it's just because obviously because of how successful the it was. show was. They only yeah. normally do one show a year, yeah, maybe two. But because of how successful that card was, they followed it up. He followed it right up with this, and I thought it'd be a bit later. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if it was a bit later, it probably could have went. But I can't go four weeks before my fight. Right, I'm actually both the same question. All right, cock. <laughs> call me a cock then, or is that? I'm asking the same question. In 20 years' time, how do you want to both be viewed? I'd want people to think that every time I stepped into that octagon or the cage, <laughs> that um, I left every ounce of my being in there to get the win for our city. And I'd like to think I changed as many kids' lives in this city as I could through the Weapons Down Gloves Up initiative. Well, with, with me, obviously, I've, I've had the one saying my whole life when it comes to MMA, I want to be the best that is, the best that was, and the best that ever will be. That's my goal when it comes to MMA, but inspiring kids to do something better with their life will mean more than any world title ever will. You know what I mean? Making people have a better life. The little warm, fuzzy feeling that gets inside, it, it's better than anything. My career's done. I've just been beat again. My life's over. That was what was going through my head. I was like, I'm a failure. I'm an embarrassment to my family, my city, my team. When he fights, he has this stare, and he's just like, he's just looking at that kid, and I think, oh my God, he's going to kill him. <laughs> <laughs>
you can't really have any regrets because it makes you the person you are. Like, as I was starting to get out of the depression and, like, sorting me head out, I would say to myself, what are you even depressed for, Pad? Like, you're going to the gym every day doing something you love. All my mates are roofers and joiners and bricklayers and... They don't get up every day and go and do what they love. They get up and go and do it because they have to do it to pay bills. I come in here, I love getting punched in the face and punching people in the face, lad. Mm-hmm. I love wrapping people up in chokes. I love getting out there in front of 20,000 people and performing. It's what I was put on this mm-hmm. earth to do. So I just had to put all that in my head, realise the opportunities you've got. The position I'm in is like one in a billion. People are killed to me in this position, so don't throw it all away. And Molly, for you? I was given the opportunity to fight for the UFC, competed in that, got choked unconscious in the second round. And I'll never forget for like the first three weeks post-fight, every time I was falling asleep, I was like dreaming that it was the fight and then I'd have to wake up and then I was reliving that moment. So I had post-traumatic stress from that and I sat myself down maybe a month after with the team and I was thinking, how can I move forward? How can I better this? because I'm not getting rid of this feeling that's inside mm. me. And it's very similar to Patrick's. I couldn't walk down the street with, and look at people in the eye because I thought I'd let them down. And everyone would just go in the city, unlucky on that girl next time. And then I'd be like, mm. maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. But I wouldn't even wear my UFC training kit or anything until I had won in the UFC. I was like, I, I, I can't mm. do it. I'm not, I'm not good enough yet for that. I'm not good enough. So how can I improve that? The team came and sat down. We went over my weight management, my strength and conditioning. And me and him have got to the top of the game of this. Yeah. Not off science, not off anything else, not off strategy, just having Your a good go. Yeah. Mm. And now everything else is moulded around that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and there's one thing you can't teach. And that's art. what we've got mm. in abundance. And I think that's why we've got through these tough times. But I just kind of thought, I feel this shite and like I'm going to do myself in because I'm not fulfilled. So how do I become fulfilled and that be the best version of me that I can be and then win? So I've done this thing of 100 days of jiu-jitsu. I thought, I'm not going to be in a comfort zone. It could have been quite detrimental mm. to myself, but I thought, put yourself in that position every day. 100 days I didn't punch, didn't kick. Literally got strong, dieted, and kept on starting in that same position where she finished me, same position, same position. And then UFC London came and I had everything in my mind I was like, right, I'm going to wear the same colours that I lost in to prove that it's not what I was wearing. Mm. I'm going to do everything the same to prove that I'm just in a better mind frame, better this, better that, better whatever. And the second that I won, I look into that camera and I'm crying my eyes out and I go, this is how much it means. Mm. And I literally said to quite a few people that all that hard feeling and that imposter syndrome and that feeling of not being good enough, I still have took into every single fight and fight camp until I knocked that girl out. Now, that's four years it's took for me to shake that. But I have affirmations, so I write a gratitude journal and uh, goals and intention every day. So I start with, writing my, with saying my mantra, and it's, I'm too strong, I'm too fast, I'm too good, I'm successful beyond measure, and anyone's life I touch, I change. And then I write paragraph on everything that I'm thankful for. And then I write my goals. Every day? Every day at the bottom of my goals, I write, thank you, universe, it's already done. And then write a date it has to be done by. And the maddest thing, I went through my goals the other day and it literally said, I'll have a six-figure sponsorship deal. I'll end up being a pundit. I'll get a new contract and I'll win 50 grand bonus. And I'll and knock the girl out. out. And I've, <laughs> I've ticked every single one off. So oh, it's, funny, well, How long does this go back? I'd say like two years of journals. 
See, that's where me and her are complete opposites. Like he's that. just like this, look. Like nothing down. He's just like that. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't like nothing down. Nothing gets wrote down. The one thing I do is just like visualise and imagine. He says this, but he, every day, me and him, we can't train without the music. And that's our thing. Like, that gets us in the mood. Mm. You go, I haven't got anything, but it is. Like, we always yeah, put gangsters like, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then we're looking at each other and we're like, oh, yes. the gym, like, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because ultimately, like I said before, that's us expressing ourselves. Yeah. Someone said fire in the belly and ice in the mind, and I thought, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Just keep this burning. Yeah. Be, be cool. He, when he fights, he goes from Patrick to when he's in there, he's the body, and he has this stare, and you're, he's just like, he's just looking at that kid, and I think, oh my God, he's going to hold him. <laughs> like, for, I, I walk out smiling, I'm dead happy. You know what yeah. I mean? I love walking out, lad, feeding off everyone's energy. It's yeah. sick, but then... When that cage door closes, it's you and him. I'm not happy anymore. I'm just thinking about smashing your teeth in, zoned in on that person. Yeah. Because, like, I, that's it then. I know for a fact, like, this person in front of me is trying to... Take everything Trying to you. take everything from me. Trying to take food out of my future child's mouth. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Trying to take me out of me. Trying to not be able to let me pay my mortgage. So I'm going to kill you. I will try and kill you in there if it comes down to it. I'll die before I get beat. It's a great place to finish. Ha 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 ha!